Tom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Philadelphia's Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, WPHT, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's Dom time now. Dom Giordano. It is Dom time, 855-839-1210. I've been following this, and I can only say so much about it, but I'll put the stake in the ground, sort of, what I can say. A lot going on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen this or not, Henry. If you follow Meek Mill, we do, because he said some things that apparently are a little bit uh, anti the Democrat establishment. He sort of likes some of the stuff with Trump. Have you seen some of that? I have, yes. Yeah. And now there are allegations. I don't even want to say what they're about because it's, it's too raw here of, of something. Yeah. And they're involving big time figures that are either rappers or just as a broad term, whatever their genre of music is, and Meek Mill. And he's been going nuts about this and putting biblical stuff and all that. Well, the allegation is maybe Josh Shapiro might have called him and asked him to delete some of this stuff really? around that. Somebody just sent it to me. Yeah. Now, Proving that and the whole thing. I'm just saying there's something going on here with Meek Mill, and it must have people concerned because I think of the original stuff with Meek Mill. Imagine if Meek Mill, I'm not saying endorsed, or I'm not even saying his endorsement would be as big as Taylor Swift as far as power or whatever. And you have to realize there are people that still don't believe in endorsements. I get it. It's chic and conservative talk radio to say that. Uh, endorsements don't work where the person says, I'm now going to vote for Henry because um, Robert of Ben Salem's on the line. He endorsed Henry. Okay. doesn't work quite that way. All right. But there, the, the politicians go after this stuff because it gives them something to continue to keep the energy up, the campaign and all that. And if Meek Mill sort of endorsed Trump, I think you'd have a lot of oxygen taken out of the media for days. If Taylor Swift endorses Biden, you know, I think that's going to count. So, um, Henry, uh, yeah, this last part about Josh Shapiro, wanting, you can see why he might want to get involved here with Meek Mill, yeah. given how vitriolic this is. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. Meek Mill's having a bit of a PR crisis because of this whole yeah, lawsuit yeah, exactly. coming now. So, yeah. 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 Interesting uh, how he steps in. Yeah. And I think there's that element of him being more, I don't even know if I'd say conservative, but something mm-hmm. like that. All right. Let's go to the aforementioned Robert in Ben Salem. Hey, Robert, afternoon and uh, several people hitting me on social media saying you're a contender for caller of the year already. They're they're putting really? they want they want to know the odds on this. They want me to have FanDuel look into this with you and Earl and the others. Uh, well, we'll have to wait for Dan to come back because he's the expert on the parlays, I think. And <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I ought to get on Twitter. I wasn't on Twitter last time, so I didn't even get to vote for myself. But I always ah. have fun anyway, so it good. doesn't matter. Good. So. Good. <laughs> I wanted to give kudos to the Delaware Supreme Court for doing what our corrupt Supreme Court failed to do because it is the same constitutional provision that says any changes to election law have to be done through the amendment process, not by statute. 
Yeah, and, and Robert, to that point, though, I'm trying to egg them on. We're going to try to get Cutler on to talk about this. I know how much election integrity the Republican leader in Harrisburg, Mark Levin, said they got to throw down with the Pennsylvania Supreme Court because we know that Supreme Court is corrupt and is not going to uh, stand down. They got to make a constitutional crisis that goes to the U.S. Supreme Court. And it's a shame because we could have fixed it a little bit with this last election, which the Republican establishment gave us no assistance on. So, again, we're dealing with the Scottish nobles. But um, it's a beautiful Friday, and I want to move on. And uh, my answer to the side question is The Count of Monte Cristo. It is the longest book I've ever read. It is also the most delicious tale of revenge that you will ever read. The book was better than the movie, and at the end of the movie, where the guy that he's taking revenge on, he gives him the option to shoot himself as opposed to go to jail like he did. And when the guy goes to shoot himself, there's nothing in the gun, and the count says, did you think I'd let you off that easy as a car takes him off the prison? Great movie, Dom, and a great show, and you guys have a great weekend. Thank you, uh, Robert. Uh, I don't know that, surprisingly, Dan. I have not, uh, 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 I've not seen The Count of Monte Cristo. I, I'm I familiar with the story, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't, you seen, haven't seen the, the film. Either, no. Yes, I'm familiar with the story, though. Then there's my own film, where in the end, uh, I say to Larry Krasner, no, you can still remain a lawyer, even though you're out, Larry. I'm going to let you have that. Oh, boy, that, that's still number one on the uh, to-do list. We'll see if we get Cutler on, though. Uh, I'll give you the number, Henry, for him on Monday because uh, he did go wild yesterday uh, around this election task force with um, Josh Shapiro, which is calling in the military and the feds and uh, Philadelphia cops. And he's saying, you're not going to stop people from voting. Who's stopping people from voting? The Russians, uh, Josh? We're concerned with you stopping poll watchers, your party. I mean, what what evidence is there of the Republican Party having any ability to stop anyone in Philadelphia from doing anything? There's a lot of evidence of what the Democrat Party has, though. Uh, Jim in East Tarsdale's on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Jim, welcome in. Hey, Dom, how you doing? Listen, you already touched on this. Um, the, the, this, this guy Murphy and, and the president yesterday saying, you know, we're Neanderthals, and they all do it, Shapiro. They they talk down to us and they insult us. They're just trying to get a reaction out of us, you know, and it's just, you know, it's sickening. It's really, it's really annoying. Well, they, they, have, they have gotten a reaction, and the reaction is that Trump won in 2016. I didn't think, Jim, I would ever see a Republican win Pennsylvania again. You know, and uh, Rich were on. Right. Rich and I were on that night. We're saying, "Don't jinx it! Don't jinx it!" Late uh, developments might right. come in, yeah. because they hadn't won since what uh, was it? No, uh, Bush Junior came close in '88, right. and before that, I guess Reagan did. Reagan win Pennsylvania? I think he did. He did, yeah. But I think they're trying to to to, to bring out a more violent reaction from somebody. Which they're they're trying to provoke people into some kind right, of right. Right, and our know. our our message. I get your point. Our message has to be to have people fired up in a nonviolent way. In a nonviolent uh, way. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean Scott Presler put it out this week. This guy is gold, Jim. He said that he has he just got 1.5 million people on Twitter. If every one mm-hmm. of the people that follow him, because some of it's nationwide would just get five people to wake up, to vote, to register, to mail-in ballot. Right. 
we'd win this election in the swing states relatively easily. That's how we have to think. Well, you know what, Dom? I am going to do the mail-in ballot this year for the first time in my life. I'm absolutely going to do that. And um, I, I, I strongly suggest everyone out there listening should do that as well. Well, you know what? You know, um, um, uh, here's a dilemma for me, Jim, and maybe you ha- I commend you for doing that. I know that I'm going to be there on Election Day, but since mm-hmm. we're talking about mail-in balloting, something about me voting in person is magical. I think I'm going to do it this year, too, simply because it's 100% certitude versus I could be hit by lightning and I have to crawl to the election thing <laughs> and vote, which would happen. But, you know, I might not make it. The last 10 yards, Democrats could be blocking me at the door. You can't vote. You were hit by lightning. I'll drag you through, Tom. Okay. Right. What's your film, Jim? Hey, my film? Well, first of all, I want to tell you, I went to Captain Chucky's last week, and I was back again today. The place is great, up on Home Avenue. Oh, Fantastic that's one there. of the new ones. Yes. Yep. yes. In the heart oh, of I Philadelphia. Yep. Right in my wheelhouse, I'm like a half, I'm like two miles away from my house. I'm right there. So anyway, um, my movie is uh, the Bedford Incident. Um, Richard Widmark, Sidney Poitier, uh, Dano from um, Hawaii Five O, uh, Wally Cox. It was a great movie. Uh, it was about um, Richard Widmark was a, a, um, a guy, a missile cruiser captain, and he had his crew so amped up all the time, 24-7, and they were pursuing a Russian submarine off of Greenland. Now, he was messing with the submarine the whole time, like trying to ram it. Um, so they get down to the last scene in the movie, and they got the submarine cornered. So Winmark says, oh, I'm the missiles. So Dano was on the missile control panel. So he's like, missiles are armed. And he's like all jumpy and nervous, and Richard Winmark's like, calm down. Sidney Poitier's like yelling at the captain, you're not going to fire a missile at them, are they? And Winmark goes, well, if they fire one, I'm going to fire one. Dano hits the button, fire one. The uh, missile goes flying uh, over to the Russian submarine, goes into the water, explodes. 30 seconds later, the guy on the sonar is going, oh, my God. The captain's like, what's wrong? Is there, there's four nuclear torpedoes heading for our ship. And at the end of the movie, all you saw was a mushroom cloud. And that was it. Beautifully it was put. Beautifully put. Thank you, Jim. The Bedford incident. Yeah, I know that one. Very, very good choice. Uh, that was sort of reprised in um, Denzel as the executive officer with uh, Gene Hackman. Two of them together. What a battle of wills. Is it the Alabama or no? No. What? what is, well, I've seen the film several times. Too. I think it was Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Yes. Roll Tide. Yeah. And uh, Hackman is potentially wrong, and Denzel's kind of right in the end, but what a battle. And uh, James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano, plays like a very weaselly character, but a main one. All right, right now, though, before we get any more calls, it is time for... It is Dobbs! Money Melody! Has all the money gone? Yes, that's right. We're playing for a pair of tickets to the 8th annual Bucks Blues Explosion on April 5th at the Zlock Performing Arts Center on the campus of Bucks County Community College in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For tickets and more information, it's simple. Visit bucks.edu slash tickets. All right, Henry, what do you have today? Okay, so we're doing famous movie endings today. So uh, what is the name of this all-time great song that closes out a film sung here in 
Portuguese. Oh, Dan, resorting to that. Okay. Este seu jeito de me abraçar. Este seu jeito de olhar para mim. Are you a fan of that film? I think it's good. Oh, I am. The ending and that and stuff yeah. and that is unbelievable. I'm a big fan of it. I'm surprised you are because it's kind of dated. It is dated. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't love it. Like, I didn't, okay. like, as high as the ratings were, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is that good. But it's a good movie. Let's hear it one more time and we're looking for the song, right? Yes. Okay. Este seu jeito de me abraçar. All right, hit us with that, and you're off to the Zlock, and you got a, a chip in the big game here. You're a winner, 855-839-1210. That's how you do it. Hey, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Pick a pre-made bet from the app that you can put five bucks on. Uh, you can also uh, create your own. Look at the things that you can do. Quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And I really like the FanDuel app because uh, FanDuel.com makes it so easy to use. Uh, FanDuel uh, Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHC. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Yet to be 21-plus president in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Dom. Money Melody. Show me the money. That is exactly right. All right, Dan striking from uh, Mexico left this behind, or he sent it overnight in the middle of margaritas or something. Uh, it's covered in Portuguese. What is the name of this famous song? Let's hear it. Este seu jeito de me abraçar. Este seu jeito de olhar para mim. All right. Um, I think uh, I could tell the difference a little bit between Portuguese and Spanish. It's an enunciation thing. I know it's not that different, though. Can you? No. All right. I was not, I was not a very good Spanish uh, student in high school. Okay. You could say well, I had French, and I just remember uh, Ue La Post Office. Okay, let's go to John in Ben Salem on Talk Radio 1210. John, what's the name of that song? Hi, Dom. I believe it's The Sound of Silence. Yes, it is. All right, I will put you on hold, John. Dan goes down and flames again. <laughs> Maybe he has to put it in Swahili or something more difficult. The Portuguese did not make it. All right, so John's the winner. He's headed off to the 8th Annual Bucks Blues Explosion, April 5th at the Zlock Performing Arts Center on the campus of Bucks County Community College. By the way, it's nice to know that we are in spring right now. I, I think you tell a lot by a person... If they go, what, is it usually March 22nd or some date like that when spring officially starts or 21st? Yeah. Something. So the equi- I think the equinox is the 23rd? Okay, 23rd. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, why wait till then psychologically, even if it's a bit chilly and all that? Isn't it better to observe this? And we finally made it through winter. 
Yes. That's the best way to do it. I, I'm in full agreement with you there. I mean, we got like right. spring training coming on. Like yes. spring training. It's in the name. It already started. There you go. Right. And there's Just... only one week until we go forward and it gets darker later. That's it. Go. That's the signal. Well, no, the biggest signal in spring are to see usually females, I observe. I take the drive, especially that day, where like a butterfly, the cocoon is off. They're in running gear along the drive. That's a sign of yeah. spring. More than the Phillies, yes. That hasn't happened fully yet, but let's have another 60-degree day. All right, 855-839-1210. Got a great side question. Hit us with an all-time movie ending. Richard has one that I know. The whole last, oh, at least 8 to 10 minutes of this film are beyond belief, including, I, I don't even know if the ending, though, the very ending, is better than the six minutes before, but Richard, uh, what's that film? That is Dr. Strangelove. My favorite part is where Slim Pickens hops on top of the bomb trying to open the bomb beard doors and goes flying down with the bomb. And then it all explodes and the atomic bomb goes off. Well, I think it's in the war room. They're fighting in the war room with the Russian ambassador who's there. uh, And um, ah, why am I blanking on his name? Ah, George C. Scott, yeah, uh, playing uh, the crazed general. The general, yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Uh, I think it's a play on board. sales. Look at team. the big board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How about when he uh, says if people haven't seen Doctor Strange Love, could he get through? And he goes, "You're damn right, he could get through." And then he catches himself. <laughs> oh, if he's really, really good, you got to see that a big jet flying over a hen house right in there. Oh my God! Uh, and who is the uh, bombardier? You know, well, Richard, it's Slim Pickens, isn't it? Or, no, he's a pilot. I'm not sure who it was. One of the, the greatest voices in history, Henry. Are you looking it up? Do you see who it is? Yeah, I'm not sure I know the James name. James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones. Oh. Yes, James Earl Jones. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. young, very young James Earl Jones. I just watched this like two weeks ago, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch it again. You'll see that. Yeah. Richard, that is a very good one. We'll put you down for that. Uh, by the way, the White House taking some heat, they deserve more. They, uh, in one of the, um, the compre- so-called comprehensive border legislation in the Senate, remember that? The bill includes $1.4 billion asked for from the White House for cities and states who are providing critical services to newcomers. Newcomers. That's what we're calling illegal immigrants. Newcomers. In the uh, language of the White House, of course, uh, yesterday, Hunter Biden testified behind closed doors and uh, Biden, A, talked about the fact this phone call with his father, the big guy uh, chatting up our uh, enemies in the um, shakedown mechanism of Hunter Biden. Remember that? He said, well, you always take the call. My father almost lost my brother and I and me, and lost our mother. So in the Biden family, you always take the call. That's why Joe Biden was on that call. He also delved deeply into his addiction, uh, and he said um, that Hunter Biden talked about his addiction and said that, well, many times with all of your charges, particularly with Gates, he did this apparently, I was either um, high or I was drunk. 
that that's going to be the defense here. Yet, even though he was a coke addict, he was able to get all this money by bringing something to the table with Burisma and these other outlets. And finally, he talked about no matter what the Republicans do to try to get me off my sobriety, because they know how that would damage my father, I realize that democracy is at stake here. This family is the ultimate family of grifters, and they've done this all of their lives. Here's a quote. Hunter Biden said, in our family, when you have a call, I call him or he calls me or I call one of my his grandkids or any of my children, you always pick up the phone. It's something that we always do because of the family tragedy and the phone call the father got. This is what Biden has done his whole life. And Hunter Biden's just exhibiting it, weaponizing. You know, anytime he gets into a tight spot, now he's not going to uh, try for the, we're told, the family of Lake and Riley because they won't talk with him. It would be embarrassing if that got out. But uh, anytime he has to interact, what does he do? He weaponizes the death of Bo Biden, for example, constantly. As soon as you hear him going to, I know how you feel. And I don't know that that's what people want to hear in that situation in ordinary life. I think you got to be very careful that that's not seen as self-serving just to get out of what you may have done here that caused this, your policies or lack of protecting us at the border. All right, 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. I think the big story this week, and I've read a lot of stuff on this, is the Supreme Court looking at this absolute immunity situation with Trump. I don't think they're going to say the president has absolute immunity in any way, shape, or form. But I think they think it's a serious question and that the lower courts, in an effort, politically, lawfare, to get at Trump, bypass this and too easily the circuit court in Washington, the appeals court, in order to get at Trump, just dismiss this when there's a real question constitutionally and practically, what kind of immunity does the president have? At any time this immunity comes up, the best way I can explain it with the president might be why police officers have qualified immunity, and they should. Because if you don't have that, any criminal attorney, any suspect, any kind of beef, you could be sued forever. And that's all that you would do to a cop, let alone a president. So qualified immunity doesn't mean a cop can do whatever they want. But it means you can't use nuisance, nuisance, crank, I just want money to go away, complaints in order to hamstring a police department. Same thing with the president. So I think the Supreme Court legitimately, now you could argue, you know, this uh, theory of what immunity does a president have, yeah, Dom, that's important. But they ought to stand down on that since the country needs to know the legal status of President Trump, okay? And I'm the one that always says that the Supreme Court doesn't get involved enough in the election of 2020. They take too long in these things. I realize these are weighty matters, but I would agree that I think these things are that important. This election is critical. And 
exactly what's going to happen with President Trump is certainly critical in this. What's going to happen in Atlanta? I will be surprised if Fannie Willis is able, along with Wade, certainly, the boyfriend. I will be surprised. I'm looking at the closing arguments as we speak today that she's able to prosecute this case. And if she cannot, it's really going to throw a big wrench into this. I don't think Trump has to worry about that in Atlanta. As far as uh, the Alvin Bragg coming up, it's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be Stormy Daniels all over again. But as far as significant impact on voters, I don't see it. The January 6th case, you can make the argument that that will get tried. Will the Justice Department say, no, it's too close to the election? It depends on where it drops. If it drops in August, it could get tried. And that would be a huge impediment. All right, 855-839-1210, you get on board. Let me remind you, we had a call um, from uh, East uh, Torsdale uh, about uh, Captain Chucky's, the one over there on Home Circle nearby. Well, they're all over the place, and this is a great time of the year for crab cakes and seafood and Captain Chuckies because Lent is here, college basketball viewing party madness, St. Patrick's Day, Easter coming up soon, March 31st. Easter is in March this year. Get all of your seafood needs and more taken care of with just one phone call. Captain Chuckies Crab Cake Company. Place those orders right now or stop in. And this is uh, a big time, too, for they've rolled out a great product now, the brand new Bang Bang Jumbo Lump Crab Cake. If you love crab cakes as I do, you have to try it. I loved it. Ro has it on her list every week. Have to have it. And this is the perfect time, too, to check out all of Captain Chucky's offerings, delicious stuff, mushrooms, various salads, tremendous variety of homemade sides. Captain Chucky's always says several choices of breaded, Non-breaded crab cakes, there's literally a crab cake for everybody. Dessert, soup, sides, appetizers, they use only the highest quality ingredients. Their golf shrimp, huge hit now. You have people coming over, you're doing something, Easter, whatever, get that. Also, the Dom Roll. You can't go wrong. Pick up a few Dom Rolls when you go every week. Visit Captain Chuckie's today. There's a location near you. The website, welovecrabcakes.com. Welovecrabcakes.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, Tom Giordano's show. Great side question today. Just saw it on Twitter. Best ending in a film. We got a lot of contenders. By the way, this story breaking. Jose Uribe. Well, I thought that somebody named that played in the big leagues. Pleaded guilty in a federal court on Friday for conspiracy to commit bribery, tax evasion, obstruction of justice, according to The Hill. The New Jersey lawmaker has vowed to fight the felony charges and refused to resign from his Senate seat. That is a reference to Bobby Menendez, who this businessman, this Jersey businessman who apparently has just pleaded guilty, is giving his gave his wife and Mercedes Benz has pleaded guilty in the corruption case. 
The terms of the plea agreement with the government have not been unveiled, but could further jeopardize Menendez's defense if he chooses to cooperate, meaning Jose Uribe. Uh, He was first indicted on two charges last year. So Menendez still in the race, sort of, but it's Tammy Murphy against uh, Kim. Yes. Uh, uh, As far as the baseball player goes, were you thinking of uh, Juan Uribe? No, I think there was a Jose Uribe. Was there a Juan, too? Yeah, Juan was a couple-time All-Star. I remember. I liked him. Yeah, I I know Uribe was, um, and I thought there was a Uribe who was very good and then in the old country got caught up with a machete. Oh. Yeah. So I oh, think so. Up. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's been several. It's a fairly common name. All right. So I thought it was Jose. It could have been Juan. You, yeah. I think you're probably right. Uh, let's go to um, Dave. And Dave is in Jersey on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Dave. Afternoon. Hey, how you doing, Dom? Good, Dave. Oh, they took, they took that law to protect the cops away in New York City. I didn't. Yeah, that's you know fairly that? recently. I, I think within the last year and a half or two years, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's why nobody gets locked up in New York anymore. Yeah, because every time you would engage in that, you're open to a lawsuit, a threat of a lawsuit, and uh, that would be on you personally, not just the c- a city of New York. Yeah, and you, you basically ruin your life just in the lawyer fee. Yeah. Well, you know, and people you know? here in Philadelphia, cops here, they look at it and they go, do I want Larry Krasner coming after me because, you know, he can do it on the taxpayer dime. What am I going to do? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, Krasner, he's a crook anyway. They should, they should get rid of him. I don't know what you guys are thinking out there. Well, um, that's why with presidents, particularly you can imagine the number of cranks are out there. A president during four years would have upwards of 100,000 lawsuits against him. Maybe a quarter of a million lawsuits. You can imagine <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah. That's why the Founding Fathers saw this. What's your film that you like the ending, Dave? Well, I like uh, the Eastwood. I like the good and the bad and the ugly. When he puts the, the ugly on the cross and leaves the money for him mm-hmm. with the hangman's noose around his neck and drives up the road and shoots the rope out for him. Yeah, that is a pretty good uh, Eastwood ending. By the way, I saw something today. Is Clint Eastwood living in Pennsylvania now? It wouldn't surprise me. I thought he was Mr. Malibu. He was a mayor there in Malibu. Was he really? Yeah. Huh. I don't think it was Beverly Hills. I think it was Malibu. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see him. I came back at the convention when he pretended Obama was sitting in the empty chair there. (laughs) I have a feeling it didn't quite reverberate in the way that you want it. It was an interesting ploy. Uh, let's go to attorney Tom in Rosemont on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Tom, afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Dom. So my choice for the side question, I'm starting off behind the eight ball here because you hate all the actors. But here's the deal. Tom Hanks and Matt Damon in Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks is dying, which you probably approve. And he says to Matt Damon, earn this. Then we go forward in time. Matt Damon is at the cemetery in Normandy, which you will be touring. And he turns to his wife and as he's gotten older and says, have I been a good man? So, Dom, if you are not moved by that, you have ice water in your veins. I am. Look. I just said that Tom Hanks is a bit overrated. I never criticized him. And 
I happen to think Ben Affleck is pretty good in that, and that's tough for me. Well, it's Matt Damon, but I, I know what you're saying. No, no, no. Affleck <laughs> is in it, too. Affleck is playing the cocky guy from Brooklyn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, they got them together. So there you go. But I, all right, well, I, I've put in my uh, closing argument, and I will wait for the jury. Hey, uh, while I have you here, I mean, I'm not sure if it's your area of law. How do you see the Fannie Willis case uh, coming out as far as potentially disqualifying her? Just just the weight of how something like that goes, do you think, Tom? Dom, from what I've looked at, uh, you would fail moot court if you tried as a lawsuit. It is such an appearance of impropriety. I can't believe they weren't dumb enough, that they were so dumb that they even tried to push it and defend it. Yeah, that's I'm the way she should be removed. I mean, the appearance yeah. of impropriety is, is outrageous. Yeah, it is. Well, you know what happens? Well, you see this every day. And what you, I, just as a broad comment, when you're inside that bubble, though, you know, and you're in a place, we've seen it the best, Tom, in Philadelphia. I often ask people like Seth Williams and these others, you know, were convicted. What are you thinking? Well, they think everybody's okay because the other Democrats in Philadelphia are okay. They forget about the federal government, who's not okay with what they're doing, and we end up with this stuff. Absolutely, Don, but now you're pushing into my billable time. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Tom. So enjoy your weekend. Thank Thanks. you, you too. That's a good one. Saving Private Ryan. Yes, I, I'm, I'm not anti-Tom Hanks. I just don't think he's any Denzel Washington. I get it. He's every man. He's done that type of stuff. Uh, most recently in uh, Elvis, he was great as the colonel. Was he? he did a I, really heard, good I mean, I feel I haven't seen the movie, but I feel like everyone who's seen that movie is like Tom Hanks ruined it. Oh, I don't see it that. That's not an easy role to catch. He didn't go overboard in doing it. He didn't overplay it. He didn't make him totally malevolent or anything. I thought he captured what I think is, you know, Elvis was complicit in his own demise, too. Oh, you of know. course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Guy who played Elvis, though. Wow. He's, he's he captured Dune. the the young Elvis. Yeah, Austin Butler. He's in he's in Dune too, and apparently he steals the show. So oh, I, I we, we didn't do oh my goodness. We blew right past the uh 145. So you're seeing Dune 2 tonight. Can someone see Dune 2 without seeing Dune 1? Uh you probably would be a little confused. Yeah. Uh I mean you'd understand, you know, it's a power struggle uh between a guy who's lost, you know. His planet, his uh, his father, the, you know, the king. They're not the king, I should say. Uh, the ruler, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and everything. And he has to live amongst the desert people and kind of earn their trust and lead them against the big, you know, imperial bad guys. So and you understand a, that much. It's a three-hour film? Yeah, two, oh. two hours, 45 minutes. And so is the first one. I watched the first one again last night to get me, you know, psyched Okay. Up. Uh, I loved Oppenheimer, and I know as much about that as I know about anything. Mm -hmm. And even I have to say the three hours there was uh, a lot. I I just would caution people to go nuts with the amount of time they put into it. Yeah. Anthony tells me with Dune 2, though, it's worthy because that's how much you'd have to make two other films if you didn't put it in the Like when David Lynch made it back in 1984, it's it's a bomb because it's it's only two hours long and he tried to fit everything in and it's just terrible because Uh, of that. Over under box office, does it do like 100 million? It's supposed to, the opening weekend, it's supposed to do, I think, a buck 70. Wow. Yeah. If it does that, is that the biggest in like the last... A while since the Marvel movies, I'd say. 
And who's the audience for Dune? Is it... Um... Uh, I mean, people who have read the novel, it's sci-fi fans generally, and it's it's a lot of action. And like, I've, like I said yesterday, Denis Villeneuve, the director, right. I think he's a phenom. He hasn't missed once in any of his movies. Uh, if you're a fan of movies, you, you're going to want to see this guy. Would you take a female on, not the first date, but a number of dates to see Dune 2? Is it my first time seeing it? Yeah. No, because yeah, I'd, okay. I'd probably geek out too hard. <laughs> that was a very clever answer. Yeah. I had a guy once say yes, called Lou Gall when he was our movie guy and said to us, well, I took her to see Silence of the Lambs on the first date. <laughs> oh, man. The woman ought to excuse herself. Get out of there. That guy's got a knife somewhere. Something's happening. Yes. All right. It is the lightning round next. And then we will crown. Henry will pick out of the hat a winner this week. It's been a wild week with the side question. 855-839-1210. The time has come for the final test. Uh, We usually call it the lightning round. Yes, we do. And then we put them all into the hat, and that $50 gift card goes at WeLoveCrabCakes.com. Thank you, Captain Chucky. Let's go to Bruce in the Northeast on Talk Radio 1210. Bruce, what's yours today? Hey, Dom. Happy Friday. I think uh, Eastwood was Carmel. Was he the mayor of Carmel? Oh, was Carmel? Yeah, that was Oh, it. okay. Yeah. I get I'm just, just Yeah, I just crossed my mind. Sure, anyway, shares, the, shares the mayor what? of Malibu. She once told me she was calling from her Malibu estate. To pitch John yeah. Kerry. It was not a good move. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, all these movie endings, you know, you have to imagine you're seeing it for the very first time. And you don't know what's going to happen uh, to get the full impact. But, like, in the movie, my pick was Robert Redford in The Natural. And, you know, it was just very suspenseful to the very end. And, uh, of course, it came out a happy ending. But... Well, hitting the lights, that light spewing down and people cheering. Yeah. The real ending after it is anti-dramatic, catching with the sun, I guess. But the the big thing, you know, in the book, right, he strikes out. That's what I heard. And I heard that um, it was loosely based on uh, Mickey Mantle, uh, some of it. Uh, I think so. I think that's right. All right. um, uh, maybe squeeze one more in here. The Earl of Tacconi. Earl, what's yours today? Let me tie the whole show together for you. You took off the Untouchables. You mentioned Dino De Laurentiis, who produced it. You love the soundtrack, which was written by Ennio Morricone, who also won the Oscar for my movie, which is The Hateful Eight. Um, but um, Morricone also wrote for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. But uh, the Hateful Eight soundtrack actually was rejected music from the remake of The Thing, which also has a decent ending. But in the Hateful Eight, um, everybody dies at the end of the movie. Uh, Samuel Jackson and Walton Goggins are lying there dying. And the MacGuffin of the film is that everybody respects Samuel Jackson because he has a letter from Abraham Lincoln. Yes. And at the end, he goes and he reads the letter and realizes the letter's a forgery and he tears the letter up destroys the MacGuffin of the film, and then they all die. That's a satisfying ending. Yeah. Thank you, Earl. No, The Hateful Eight is pretty good. Samuel I, L. Jack. I mean, they're hateful. I mean, it's, it's the one Tarantino I feel like isn't talked about enough. Yeah, exactly. All right, Henry, uh, who do you think today? Okay. I got a clear winner here, I yeah. think. Oh, clear winner. All right, well, well I, maybe not. Tell me what yeah, you yeah. have. Got so I like Lennon Hamilton's answer of Planet of the Apes. I think that right. shot of right. them looking up the, uh, the Statue right. of Liberty is you know, very powerful. Uh, I liked Richard Somerdale's answer of Dr. Strangelove, maybe a little recency bias, but I thought, you know, I didn't really think a lot of going into that movie, but I really liked that ending. 
uh, especially you know, him riding the bomb all yep. the way down and the whole music at the end. Uh, and I thought Tom and Rosemont's answer uh, with Saving Private Ryan, as much as you may not like the actors, the movie's phenomenal. And then, yeah, those last two answers, Bruce in the Northeast with the natural, the lights, you know, sh- coming down on everything, the sparks flying everywhere, and the hateful A with losing the MacGuffin. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing. It's, it's Those are all great. I kind of lean toward the natural. The natural. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. I like that. That's a satisfying ending. All, right. all the way around. Let's put Bruce into the hat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's have the big drawing. Well, Henry, just for you. Oh, boy. Go ahead. Read them off. OG doing music. <laughs> all right. So Monday's question. Who's fancy? Michael in the Northeast said the finger rinsing bowl. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Tuesday. Uh... What's something that's gone away that you'd like to see come back? Gary in Upper Darby said the pimple ball. I, I don't know what that is, but... Oh, all right. We'll tell yeah. you about that later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Please. Uh, Wednesday, uh, famous number twos all time. Uh, Leslie and Bryn Mawr had jelly <laughs> to the peanut butter. Yes. Uh, yesterday, who is an instant phenom? Tony and Delco had Alexander the Great. And today, of course... Who? What is the all-time movie ending? Bruce in the Northeast with The Natural. And uh, are we having some drums here? Are we? All right. So. That would be Tuesday's winner. Gary and Upper Darby with Pimple Ball. Go uh, figure. All right. And Pimple Ball is a ball that got taken off the market because it released gases when you cut it in half in South Philly and all that. We would play half ball with it, et cetera. It's got pimples on it. Ah. I have one in my desk at home. It's a rare thing. I'm not sure. I hope it's still legal. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Pimple yes. ball. The pimple ball served two purposes. Once all the gas ran out and you yeah. couldn't bounce it anymore, you could take a knife, cut it in half, and then you have a half, half ball. There you go. All right. All right. That's the winner today. We Wevelovecrapcakes.com. Thanks to Henry uh, for pinch hitting for Dan and Jim, pinch hitting on the board. And both will be back Monday with me. Have a great weekend. Follow on Twitter at DomShow1210. And we'll get a Dune report. We'll see if it tops $150 million plus. We'll definitely, I'm writing this down, Dune report, Dune 2 on Monday. Richie always next to round out the week. Right here on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. Dom Giordano. Weekdays 9 till noon on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.